This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Thanks for staying tuned. It is 7.37, Tuesday, 6th of February. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with Keep Calm and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Let's shift our attention to the financial industry of Singapore. So the city's largest money laundering case last year put a spotlight on the role that some single family offices played and the authorities have been weighing tougher manage, uh, measures. And this Singapore, of course, has seen an influx of wealthy families interested in setting up single-family offices in that city-state with an interest to tap into tax incentives. So the number of Singapore-registered family offices, which manage tens of billions of dollars of private wealth, that has leapt from just 50 in 2018 to more than 1,000 at the end of 2022. But how will these increased surveillance and safeguards against laundering risk in the family office space impact the sector and does it spell some opportunity for Singaporean banks? For some answers, we speak to Sarah J. Mahmood, Senior Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Now, how has Singapore's largest case of money laundering, which was uncovered last year, impacts its financial industry and in particular, the family offices? Are tougher measures being considered? Good morning and thank you very much for having me. Um, so yes, Singapore's single family offices will need to contend with stricter regulatory scrutiny and also higher compliance costs this year. Despite uh, anti-money laundering rules, including much more rigorous reporting requirements, client checks could take effect towards the end of this year after the Monetary Authority of Singapore issued a consultation paper on the topic in July last year in the midst of this corruption scandal. <clears throat> this is part of a wider plan to close legal loopholes in the wake of the three billion money laundering scandal, which was actually linked to illicit online gambling in China and allegedly involved a number of global and local banks based in Singapore. Now, the proposal still could end up being watered down a little bit because MAS has yet to publish its response statement, but could come into force by the end of this year. But this isn't actually the only obstacle facing family offices in Singapore. Since around June, July last year, uh, single officers in Singapore seeking tax breaks have had to meet higher regulatory hurdles, including a 20 million minimum fund size, and stricter rules around having investment professionals actually on the ground and higher requirements around local business spending. So on tougher tax break criteria and stricter corruption controls, family office growth might slow a little bit in Singapore. And I think it's also important to note that we're hearing there's a much longer waiting time for approvals at the moment as the government grapples with a backlog of submissions. And I've heard this can go up to around 18 months in some cases. There is a chance then that some smaller family offices might look to consolidate to cut compliance costs and to ease tax liability or even look to establish themselves or relocate to markets where regulations are a little bit looser. And also high, ultra high net worth individuals might avoid setting up a family office altogether in Singapore, opting instead to engage a third party service provider to manage everything on their behalf instead. So we were asking which banks tend to benefit if there are tighter rules for family offices? Okay, um, I think DBS in particular appears very well positioned to grow its wealth business and is uniquely placed to capitalise on the new tougher restrictions on single family offices. Now already DBS serves a third of the city-state's family offices and I think it could win a lot more private banking accounts as clients rush to align themselves with tighter tax incentive rules. 
Okay. At the moment, it's 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 got a new multifamily office foundry, and this is the world's first banked-backed multifamily office. And this could draw a lot more interest from high net worth individuals looking for alternative wealth management options. They might also want to test the water before setting up a single family office in the city state. Or they might want to start a little bit too small to benefit from tax breaks at the beginning. So shifting our attention to the overall banking sector, Sarah, the government expects Singapore's GDP to see an expansion of about 1% to 3% this year. What are your expectations on lending activity for the year ahead? How, how do you think it will vary across the three local banks? Sure. Well, the three Singapore banks, so GBS, UOB, OCBC, are actually due to start reporting their results this month with the first GBS tomorrow morning. Um, we do think their lending activity could pick up a little bit in 2024, but sluggish business lending in particular could continue to pressure loan growth until the, around the middle of the year. In their 2023 results reporting this month, we do expect the banks to report flat to low single-digit loan growth, with system-wide bank loans for Singapore having fallen by 2.9% in 2023. And that's according to the latest data from the Monetary Authority of Singapore released just last week. So Sarah, considering what you just said, which bank will weather uh, the current economic climate better? Um, in terms of growing its wealth business, I think DBS is, is very well positioned. And looking at results from the third quarter of last year and looking at the impact on net interest margin and then consequently net interest income gains um, benefiting from the Fed rate hikes, um, DBS so far has been um, seeing to um, benefit a lot from the regulatory changes from the rate hikes. Um, but I'd like to wait until we get the full year 2023 results before making predictions about 2024. That was Sarah Jane Mahmood, Senior Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, giving us her views in terms of what's happening in the family office front and, of course, also which bank might actually have better numbers in 2024 despite the economic slowdown. Um, yesterday, well, last year was not a good year for banks in terms of the performance. We did see it cause the Singapore Straits Times Index to come under pressure because it's an index heavyweight. But let's see, 2024 is a new year. Up next, we'll be discussing the pardon spot decision to reduce the jail sentence and fine of our former Prime Minister. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.